There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. What's up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen. And in this episode, we are talking about shutting the fuck up. Shutting the fuck up, man. Stop talking to yourself. All right. And in just a few minutes, it will become extremely clear what I mean when I say shut the fuck up. All right. Because I'm an introvert. All right. I need to spend large amounts of time alone to process my thoughts and experiences. I feel mentally drained when I have to be around other people all day, every day. However, I believe there's a difference between being an introvert and simply liking to be alone. Being an introvert doesn't mean you don't like people or want to be with people. It just means you have a hard time interacting with people in particular situations or for long periods of time. Now, I'm a social person. I'm just not social with most people. I love to talk. I just don't love talking to most people, you know. Now, my father, on the other hand, is an extremely social person. He's very loud and expressive, and he has no problem being the life of any party. You could say he's an extroverted person, you know, but I also know that he prefers to be alone. He prefers to have a space just for himself, you know, where no one can bother him. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, I believe that a lot of people really don't like being alone, regardless of whether they're introverted or extroverted, you know. And there could be many different reasons for that. But I think one of the main reasons is that some people simply don't like to hear themselves think. Now, maybe this doesn't make much sense on the surface. So with the help of Alan Watts, Naval Ravikant, and Joe Rogan, I'd like to go deeper into the subject of thinking and spending time alone. And why we all need to do it just a little bit more. All right. So. I've got two audio clips for you today, and like always, I'll play the first 
uh, audio clip, summarize the ideas, and give my personal opinions. Then I'll repeat the process with the second clip. Now I've got a thought-provoking episode for you today. So, let's get started. Now in this first clip, Alan Watts is going to talk about why it's important to stop talking to yourself all the time. All right, so let's check it out. Most of us think compulsively all the time. That is to say, we talk to ourselves. And I remember when I was a boy, we had a common saying, talking to yourself is the first sign of madness. Now, obviously, if I talk all the time, I don't hear what anyone else has to say. And so in exactly the same way, if I think all the time, that is to say, if I talk to myself all the time, I don't have anything to think about except thoughts. And therefore, I'm living entirely in the world of symbols and I'm never in relationship with reality. All right, now that's the first basic reason for meditation. But there is another sense, and this is going to be a little bit more difficult to understand, why we could say that meditation doesn't have a reason or doesn't have a purpose. And in this respect, it's unlike almost all other things that we do, except perhaps making music and dancing. Because when we make music, we don't do it in order to reach a certain point, such as the end of the composition. If that were the purpose of music, to get to the end of the piece, then obviously the fastest players would be the best. And so likewise, when we are dancing, we are not aiming to arrive at a particular place on the floor, as we would be if we were taking a journey. When we dance, the journey itself is the point. When we play music, the playing itself is the point. And exactly the same thing is true in meditation. Meditation is the discovery that the point of life is always arrived at in the immediate moment. And therefore, if you meditate for an ulterior motive, that is to say, to improve your mind, to improve your character, to be more efficient in life, you've got your eye on the future and you are not meditating. Because the future is a concept. It doesn't exist. As the proverb says, tomorrow never comes. There is no such thing as tomorrow. There never will be. Because time is always now. And that's one of the things we discover when we stop talking to ourselves and stop thinking. We find there is only a present, only an eternal now. It's funny then, isn't it, that one meditates for no reason at all, except we could say for the enjoyment of it. And here I would interpose the essential principle that meditation is supposed to be fun. It's not something you do as a grim duty. The trouble with religion as we know it is that it is so mixed up with grim duties we do it because it's good for you. It's a kind of self-punishment. Well, meditation, when correctly done, has nothing to do with all that. It's a kind of digging the present. It's a kind of grooving with the eternal now. And 
brings us into a state of peace where we can understand that the point of life, the place where it's at, is simply here and now. All right, y'all. So before I get into my personal thoughts and opinions on what was said, I just want to explain a few words that I thought maybe could be difficult to understand hearing them for the first time. The first one is compulsively. Now, um, he said that most of us think compulsively, right? And in this case, compulsively means in a way that results from an irresistible urge, right? You can't help but think all the time. You know, you do it without thinking about it or without trying. You just feel, constantly feel this urge to think about things, you know? And then he said, uh, talking to yourself is the first sign of madness, now, maybe you know this, but mad or madness is kind of an old way of saying crazy or craziness. So if I say, oh, shit, he's gone mad. Right. It's an older way of saying, oh, shit, he's gone crazy. You know, so talking to yourself is the first sign of madness. It's the same thing as saying talking to yourself is the first sign of craziness. Right. You're a little fucking loopy and you're doopy. You feel me? And then uh, later in the clip, Alan said, digging the present now to dig i guess in the most common sense is like to use some kind of tool to remove earth or to remove let's say how can i say that remove material from the ground like for example you dig a hole when you want to bury something or put something in the ground you will dig a hole in the earth and then put that thing in the ground but in this case digging is kind of like um it's like older slang. I don't know if it comes from the 70s or the 80s or whatever, but if somebody says, man, I really dig this music, it means, man, I really enjoy this music. I like it. It's my style. I'm digging it. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then he says, grooving the eternal now. This is a very similar, let's say, older slang word or older expression that just means enjoying something. So if I'm grooving the eternal now, you're enjoying it. You're on the same wavelength, right? You have the same vibe. Everything is in harmony, right? You're just grooving, okay? And then Alan mentioned that meditation doesn't really have a purpose. You don't gain anything from meditating, you know? And this made me remember a, a famous quote from Buddha. You know, um, Buddha was asked, what have you gained from meditation? And he, re he replied by saying, nothing. But what I lost was anger, anxiety, depression, insecurity, and fear of old age and death. So it's an interesting thing, you know, to think about meditation, you know, because almost everything we do in life, probably everything we do in life is for a purpose, right? We do things to achieve a certain goal or to get something out of a particular activity. You know what I'm saying? But meditation is different in this case because you don't do it to gain things, but actually to let go of things, right? To lose things in a, in a certain way. So it's interesting to think about that, you know? And I can testify wholeheartedly, or I can testify, you know, from the heart, sincerely, when speaking about the importance of silence, 
and taking a break from the constant self-talk. You know, it's fucking exhausting, man. You know what I'm saying? Even today, there are times when I find myself looking for external stimulation through my computer or my cell phone or simply searching for thoughts to think because I feel like I have nothing to do. It's in these moments that I feel more and more anxious and eventually a little bit crazy. You know, my mind races from one place to the next place, always trying to find something entertaining enough to settle me down, you know, or to calm me down. And at some point I realized how unhealthy this actually is. You know what I'm saying? And what I really needed to do was simply sit down and be still. My mind has become way too accustomed to being constantly stimulated, you know, constantly thinking about something. And today, I really believe it's a waste of mental power, you know, and mental potential. You know, we need to give ourselves a break, um, a mental break. You know what I'm saying? The same way you take a break at work or the same way you take a vacation at the end of the year, your mind also needs that break or it also needs that vacation at least once a day you know what i'm saying or at least my mind needs that break you know my mind needs time to do absolutely nothing at all now i'd be lying if i said i do this on a daily basis you know what i'm saying i'm no meditation master or expert or not even a promoter of meditation or anything like that you know what i'm saying and i'm also not as consistent as I should be with my meditation. But I am saying it's necessary, at least for me. But I do believe that all of us should be doing it more. Now, why do I say that? Because everything disappears when I meditate. Now, at first, this doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you first sit down to meditate, you're a beginner. And even me, I still consider myself a beginner at at this skill, if you can call it that. Uh, When you first sit down to meditate, you realize that all of these thoughts and visions start to appear in your mind. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like the brain becomes even more active when you sit down to meditate. You know, I start to hear thoughts about my insecurities, my mistakes, things that happened two years ago, things that happened two weeks ago. You know, my problems, my desires. All these things rise to the top of my consciousness when I sit down to meditate. Now, a lot of people will say, just sit down and do nothing. But the truth is, it's really not that easy, at least in the beginning. Right. And I think that's why a lot of people don't do it or they try it and they decide it's not for them. You know, they decide it doesn't work for them, you know, that they just can't do it. And I used to think this way, you know, but after reading a book or two and listening to many different conversations about what meditation really is and how it's really supposed to be done, I see the subject much differently these days, you know. And in the next audio clip, a man named Naval Ravikant, who is uh, an American entrepreneur, and Joe Rogan, the podcaster, the fight commentator, the legend, they're going to talk about the problem with many people's perception about meditation all right so let's check it out (laughs) 
the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> Meditation, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I mean that's it huge. works. It, it's it's been a lifesaver for me. Oh, I do it, and I I do it whenever I get like spare time. I was at the doctor's office this morning, and uh, I knew it was going to be twenty minutes, so I just sat there with my eyes closed yeah. for twenty minutes. And I meditated. You know, when I was growing up, there was this statement, I think it was Pascal, he said, you know, all of man's problems arise because he cannot sit by himself in a room for 30 minutes alone. Mm. And it's very true. I always needed to be stimulated. And when the iPhone came along, boredom was dead. I would never yeah. be bored again. I, even if I'm standing in line, I'm on my iPhone. And I thought it was great. And when I was a kid, I used to try and overclock my brain, be like, how many thoughts can I think at once? The answer is only one. But I would try to like think multiple thoughts at once. And I was yeah. proud of that. I was proud that my brain was always running. This engine was always moving. And it's a disease. It's actually the road to misery. And now that I'm older, I realize like you actually want to, again, rest your mind. You want to learn how to settle into your mind. Now, I look forward to solitary confinement. You leave me alone for a day, it'll be like the happiest day I've had in a while. Mm. Uh, and, and that is a superpower that I think everybody can attain. The superpower of learning to be alone and enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's critical, and I, and I do think that this, this, these times where you just think about things just be alone and think about things are so rare these days. And I think during those rare times is when you really get to understand what you actually believe or don't believe. Yeah, it's, it's funny. When I first started meditating, it was really hard, right? Because everybody, I think a lot of people who listen to this broadcast, they've heard of meditation that has a good rep. So everybody tries it. They struggle. They kind of give it up. It's one of those things that everybody says they do, but nobody actually does, right? <laughs> it's like not eating sugar, right? right. Everyone yeah. talks about how, yeah, I don't eat sugar. But like, yeah, then, right. then the dessert tray rolls around and everyone's going for the cookies, <laughs> yep. right? Yep. So it's become one of those things. And, and in fact, it's now even become a signaling thing where it's mm. like, oh, how much did you meditate? I meditated right. this much. Yep. Or, you know, there are people now wearing headbands saying with Tweety birds that chirp and then when they're in deep meditation, I don't, I don't know how they make it work, but they'll be like, I got a lot of chirps today. How many chirps did you get? Oh, right? God. Oh, your meditation technique is wrong. Mine is right. But yeah. really all it is is the art of doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's important because I think when we, when we grow up, right, there's all this stuff happening to you in your life. And some of it you're processing, some of it you're absorbing, and some of it you should probably think a little bit more about and work through, but you don't. You don't have time. So it gets buried in you. And it's all these preferences and judgments and unresolved situations and issues. And it's like your email inbox. It's just piling up email after email after email that's not answered, going back 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And then when you sit down to meditate, those emails start coming back at you. Hey, what about this issue? What about that issue? Have you solved this? Did you think about that? You have regrets there? You have issues there? And that gets scary. People don't want to do that. It's like, it's not working. I can't clear my mind. I better get up and not do this. But really what's happening is it's, it's, it's self-therapy. It's just that instead of paying a therapist to sit there and listen to you, you're listening to yourself. And you just have to sit there as those emails go through one by one. You work through each of them until you get to the magical inbox zero. And there comes a day when you sit down, you realize the only things you're thinking about are things that happened yesterday because you've processed everything else, not necessarily even resolved it, but at least listen to yourself. And that's when meditation starts. And I think it's a, it's a very powerful thing that everybody should experience. And that's when you arrive upon the art of doing nothing. Well, I think it's even a problem that most people are getting their meditation from an app. I will not use an app. It's sneaky. <laughs> I mean, Sam Harris is a very good meditation app, I should say that. But you should be able to just do it. 
and ma- it, many people can't. It is, it is literally the art of doing nothing. Yes. So all you need to do for meditation is just sit down, close your eyes, comfortable position, whatever happens, happens. If you think, you think. If you don't think, you don't think. Don't put effort into it. Don't put effort against it. It's all you need. Do you concentrate on your breath or nothing. do you have a specific nothing. technique? Nothing. 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 No, you just, you just sit. You just sit. I think about my breath. That's all I do. I just you can do I try to only concentrate on breathing. I used to do that, but at some level, all the concentration, every meditation technique is leading you to the same thing, which is just mm. witnessing. Yes. And concentration is a technique to still your mind enough that you can then drop the object of concentration. So you could also just try going straight to the end game. The problem with what I'm talking about, which is not focusing on your breath, is you will have to listen to your mind for a long time. It's not going to work unless you do at least an hour a day and preferably at least 60 days before you kind of work through a lot of issues. So it'll be hell for a while. But when you come out the other side, it's great. You get rid of the chatter. Or when the chatter comes, it's in the background, it's dimmer, it's smaller, you've heard it before, you see the patterns, uh, it's more recent, it's something you need to resolve anyway. And you will get moments of actual silence. What is your... What's your ultimate state when you meditate? Like, is there a, a state where you've achieved rarely, if ever, where you just, you, you, you're in bliss or you're in harmony or you're in enlightenment? Like what? <laughs> it's kind of, it's word, kind right? of indescribable uh, because when you're really meditating, you're not there. When mm-hmm. there's no thoughts, there's no experience, there's nothing. There's right. just nothing. Uh, so it's, it's hard to describe, but I would say that uh, it's like a, you can definitely, every psychedelic state that people encounter using so-called plant medicines can be arrived at just through pure meditation. And I've definitely hit some of those states. You've hit some transcendent psychedelic states where you're yeah, hallucinating had, the whole deal? I've had trippy visuals. I've had the kind of the lights and colors. I've mm. had the, the so-called downloads. I've had the realizations. I've had the bliss. I've had the light. I've had the colors. But, but not every time. No, it's rarely. And in fact, I would say that's a that's a... That's also like an experience that you can start craving, which will then actually take you out of meditation. Mm. Um, Where you really, and I'm not enlightened or anything close to it, so not even the ballpark, but my own experience, and this is just personal experience, is the place where I end up the most that is really the one that I I, I want to be at is peace. Mm. It's just peace. Peace, happy. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So... Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the things that were said in that last audio clip. Now, the first one is there are many different kinds of meditation, right? Naval and Joe talked about the fact that many people use the concentration method, which is to pick a particular thing, for example, your breathing, and to not take your focus away from that particular thing for a particular amount of time. All right. But another way of looking at this method is by looking at other activities, you know, like playing soccer, for example. A game of soccer is one of my favorite forms of meditation. Everything disappears when I'm playing soccer. Right. Problems don't exist. Insecurities don't exist. Other people don't exist. Time doesn't exist. Absolutely nothing matters except what's happening in the moment on the field. And when I finish playing, my mind is totally at ease. You know, I can think clearly. There's not a bunch of chatter going on in the background, right? That voice in my head isn't just talking, 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 you know? And I feel satisfied. I feel at ease. You know, I feel at peace. 
after a game of soccer. And I'm sure many of you have an activity like this, you know, something that you do that makes you forget about the outside world. Something that makes you forget about your university assignments, the job deadlines, the kids, you know, the fight that you have with your wife or your boyfriend or your husband or your girlfriend, your paycheck, uh, the government, etc. All these things, you know, and maybe the activity for you is cooking or painting or programming or running or, or writing or listening to podcasts. Maybe who knows? But I'm sure most people have an activity like this. You know what I'm saying? And it really doesn't matter what the activity is. I'm just saying that there's more than one way to meditate, right? Now, I will say that simply sitting down and doing nothing is perhaps the purest form of meditation. But I think that's also a matter of opinion, not fact, right? I'm no expert when it comes to these things. I can say, though, just from personal experience, it's extremely important for my mental health and stability to sit down and meditate, you know, as somebody who has dealt with anxiety and emotional instability basically my whole life. I can say that meditation or simply doing nothing has really helped me to get to know my mind better and also get much more comfortable with my mind. And start to understand how my mind works. You know what I'm saying? Why I think the things that I do. And why I believe the things that I do. I feel much more in control of the power that my mind possesses. You know? And changing subjects just a little bit. And I say a little bit because I'm still talking about things that were mentioned in the audio clips. I think... Many people do everything they can to keep their minds stimulated all the time or to be around other people all the time simply because they're afraid of being alone. Many people are afraid of being alone because they're afraid of their own minds. They're afraid of their own darkness, insecurities, and shortcomings. Many people really don't like themselves, you know what I'm saying? So they do everything they can to be around other people because other people give them something else to focus on besides themselves. But this is a dangerous thing, though, if you ask me, you know, relying on other people to keep your mind at ease basically means that you'll always have to have somebody near you or close to you. Now, this can cause you to stay in relationships much longer than you should. It can also cause you to do things you wouldn't normally do just to impress somebody or to keep them in your life. And what's even worse is while you're doing all this work, making all this extra effort to run away from yourself, run away from your mind and, you know, uh, uh, solitude. While you're trying to do all these things, all those problems and thoughts that you were trying to avoid will just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger they're never going to disappear and eventually you're going to find yourself alone right it's going to happen so eventually you're going to have to turn around and face those things that you've been running from for all those years then what you going to do what are you going to do in that situation that's the question you know and for that reason i believe it's much better to deal with a pebble 
before it becomes a mountain. You might be asking yourself, what's a pebble? A pebble is a very small, tiny rock. So you could say it's it's better to deal with a small rock before it becomes a mountain. You know what I'm saying? So it's extremely important for many reasons that you take the time to get to know your mind. Understand the way it works and give it what it needs to function properly. And the good news is these are things that can be learned. You know what I'm saying? With time and attention and enough effort, you can learn these things. Most of us don't really need self-help books or motivational speeches or even a therapist. Why do I say that? Because each of us walk alone on our individual paths in life. Our experiences are so personal, so subjective, You know what I'm saying? Our thoughts and insecurities are so personal that we couldn't really hope to explain what's going on inside of our heads to another person and truly expect that person to understand what it is that we're thinking or feeling. Even if they understand the idea of the words that we're using, we're still using words that somebody else gave to us. You know what I'm saying? And when I say that, I mean, for example, I speak in English right now, but maybe you speak in Japanese or Spanish or Swahili or Arabic, whatever your first language is. Somebody gave you the words that you use to express yourself. But you are a unique person. You see what I'm saying? And I think I don't know, but I think that's the reason why there are many times when you try to express a particular thought or feeling, you know, or emotion And you simply can't find the words in your native language. You've been speaking this language for 18, 20, 30, 70 years, and you can't find the words to truly express what it is that you're feeling. You know, now maybe that's because your vocabulary isn't extensive enough and you just need to learn some new words. Maybe that's true. But I also think it's possible, very possible, that it's because you're trying to describe A unique experience with common words. You see what I'm saying? I really think that uh, there's something to that. You know, how could you ever truly understand what's going on inside your head? Or actually, I said that wrong. How could another person truly understand what's going on inside your head when you don't even truly understand what's going on inside your head? You know? So what I'm trying to say is basically stop looking to other people to help you solve your internal problems. You already have everything that you need. And I really believe that if you just take the time to put in some effort, you'll realize that you're a lot more capable of taking care of yourself than you think you are. You'll realize that you can be a lot more independent than you feel right now in this moment. Then you'll eventually get to a point where the only people in your personal life will not be the ones that you need, but the ones that you choose. Because you won't need anybody. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know there have been books and articles and studies done that say the human mind is wired, is programmed to be in contact with other people. Human beings need social contact. Right. And I don't necessarily disagree with this statement or this idea or this conclusion 
but I am, but I am saying that uh, human beings also need solitude. You know what I'm saying? They need to be alone because solitude can make you a stronger person. Solitude can give you a different perspective on things. Solitude can make you appreciate good company even more and also help you identify how much bad company you keep on a day to day basis, you know, in your daily life. So I'll leave you by saying this. I'll end the transmission by saying this. Do not be afraid of yourself. Do not be afraid of solitude. Learning to forge a friendship with with these things, you know, solitude, alone time, silence, and also yourself, most importantly. Learning to forge a friendship with these things can really change your life for the better. You know, there's absolutely no reason to neglect yourself. Because at the end of the day, you are all you've got. You feel me? All right. So this has been another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazen. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you later. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.